Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a Schedule you can bet on. Michael Trent, Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Good. Hope Stay wasn't too bad, but Derby Day wasn't very good. But uh, 
I'm glad to uh, glad to be back on with you, Scott. And uh, you know, I, I I was so sorry I missed that uh, that draft on uh, Oaks Oaks Day. As a matter of fact, and that was that. I mean, that sounded like a great event. Uh, Eric uh, filled in great. Uh, everything sounded wonderful. Uh, but uh, let's let's move forward and uh, let's hope we uh, we got a lot of good off season uh, deals and off season things coming along. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. If you want to call in and chat with me and Mike, would be happy to have you on the air. Uh, bring out a, a fantasy question if you have one. We'll uh, take a look at some draft boards. Maybe give you a little insight. Maybe tell you a little something, something about what we know and what maybe you know. And we'll educate each other. We've got the best chat room in High Stakes Radio. The crew we affectionately call uh, our chat room, comprising the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football. Redraft and Dynasty now, Mike. Dynasty's getting a little bit more love every single year that we've been doing this. You know, I'm up to nine Dynasty leagues now. I just drafted in my ninth annual uh, or ninth ever Dynasty startup draft, and we will be talking about that a little bit tonight, what we learned there, what some of the kind of the values are as we have these startup Dynasty drafts going on. It kind of helps you because, you know, kind of how I use that is I'll go and look at the startup, and as I'm going through that draft, I'll start to really form my hard-line opinions about where I have guys slotted and also looking at the other 11 or 23 guys that are in the league where they have everybody slotted, and it starts to make sense a little bit. So you can you can take that information all over to your other eight leagues and say, you know what, these are the guys I want. Here's the value I'll give. It's a very valuable experience for you to leverage that draft into other opportunities for your other leagues. So, We'll definitely be talking about uh, the, the dynasty leagues and what they're doing across the industry, across the landscape, really, in high-stakes fantasy football. Mike, I don't know if you know it, the FFPC just filled their first-ever $2,500 entry fee league. Can't wait to hear who the 12 participants are in that league. But that now is the big king of the mountain, so to speak, for dynasty leagues, $2,500 entry fee. You got to be impressed uh, when twelve guys get together and say, "I'm the best," and I'll and I'll put up that twenty five hundred every single year. That's going to be cool. Yeah, you know what, Scott? Uh, I think uh, was that the one that you posted uh, that we got to do the show on? Maybe maybe we could do the live draft on that, or is that going to be uh, something? Well, those drafts aren't really live drafts, Mike. Those are usually spread out, and they like to give that That's a lot of fun. You know how that that startup dynasty draft is. That thing will drag out for a couple of weeks and uh, people are wheeling deal picks left and right. Oh, okay. But we'll definitely cover it, and I'd love to hear the names of the 12 guys once they're announced. Yeah, that that would be, uh, you know, that's that's really neat. $2,500, uh, I mean, they're not messing around. They're going right after it, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so, I, you know, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear the names of those that are, that are going to do it. Well, we hopefully will get that information, and they'll release that here soon. Uh, again, three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. You can tweet us at Red Blue Radio. Uh, we're also at Gmail, Red Blue Radio at Gmail dot com and Facebook dot com slash Red Blue Radio. You can check us out. Email us a question. You can tweet us a question. You can get a hold of us pretty much any way in the world. We also stream live on iTunes Radio thanks to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, the guys at the Fantasy Sports Channel bring this stuff twenty four hours a day, seven days a week fantasy sports information in your face wherever you're at. It's pretty cool, too. If you have a Apple TV mic, these things are like 99 bucks. They plug right in, you know, USB uh, right to your television and or, uh, you know, lots of different ways you can get them uh, hooked up and, 
and uh, you know you could uh, just start a podcast right there as you're uh, getting up in the morning. You know you might you might not have television you want to watch. You just flip on a podcast and and uh, watch it while you're getting ready for work in the morning or what have you. It's a it's a pretty nice little feature in in this technology world we live in. You got to keep plugged in, up to date, and if you hear something going on, especially in these leagues uh, that allow free for all. You know that's a dinosaur, but there are some leagues that I'm in that still allow free for all uh, waiver pickups and. You know, you got to be first on the information and go get those guys. So it's nice to be plugged in with all of this information in your face uh, in the high-stakes world. We've got a lot on the docket, Mike, and I'm going to go ahead and, and just pull up the uh, the show outline here. <clears throat> we saw LaShawn McCoy get a five-year, $45 million deal. That's a little bit more than Arian Foster's deal for about the same circumstances. So it's nice to see LaShawn McCoy get, McCoy, get uh, rewarded like that, shady, as he's known, uh, you know, in his Pittsburgh days, Shady McCoy. Uh, Mike, do you see any reason whatsoever that this guy will not be uh, a top five running back once again? I mean, this guy has lock written all over him just because of the way he catches the ball, don't you think? Yeah, no doubt about it. I see him uh, top uh, top three, if not top five, but I see him top three, uh, and especially with this uh with this uh, contract, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, that's going to make him even better than what he is. I mean, he's already proven that uh, he can do what, what needs to be done. Uh, you know, the one thing about it is everybody in the NFC uh, in that division, they drafted well. I mean, Washington, Philly, uh, uh, Dallas, uh, the Giants, they all drafted well to look toward the future. Uh, but the one thing about it is uh, – you know, Philly, they, they locked up McCoy, and uh, I don't see anything stopping this guy from being a, fine, uh, a fantasy uh, stud for years to come. So even if you're in a dynasty league, hey, you, you, you've got five, six years with him with no problem. I'm going to go ahead and post this question in the chat room because I do have uh, a lot of guys in here, and I want to take advantage of this while they're fresh and early. I'm in that 12:50 dynasty draft. I'm in the seventh round. My last pick, my my last chance at a flyer before the season starts, Mike. I've got Matt Stafford as my quarterback, and there's several quarterbacks out there that could fill in as a backup quarterback uh, for Matt Stafford in the event that he goes down. I'm going to read some names off to you, and I'm going to pose it in the chat room, and hopefully, you know, they'll give us an answer. Um, <clears throat> there's not a lot of names, but uh, still some names that uh, we could. We can take a Go shot ahead. on it. Looks like Matt Flynn, Matt Castle, Brandon Whedon, Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> uh, that's about it. I mean, I see a, I see a Hasselback. I see a Sean Hill that we could uh, always back up. Um, other than that, um, you know, I guess we could we could play that game. Uh, you know, we could play that game later in this evening where we're talking about Russell Wilson or Matt Flynn. You brought in Russell. You, you brought in Matt Flynn for all this money, and then you draft Russell Wilson, and he seems to be taking over this playbook and just, you know, the coaching staff is raving about this guy. Like, how in the world can he pick up a playbook and just learn and master this thing so quickly? I mean, this is what this guy was accused of in Wisconsin, you know. He's a shorter guy, but he, he makes the throws, and we saw him make them all year long if you watch Big Ten football. I know you do, Mike. Talk to me about <laughs> Russell yeah. Wilson or Matt Flynn. What do you like there? I tell you what, uh, Russell Wilson's getting rave reviews, man. Uh, you know, and this is dynasty, right? Yeah. 
Okay. Well, uh, I would go Russell Wilson right there because uh, in the next year or two, he's going to be the guy. Uh, if it wasn't, if, if it's not him, then uh, you may may want to think about Waylon. I mean, because you know you got Hasselbeck and uh, Castle, Gabbert. Those are definite unknowns, but uh, but you also got to understand you you have to have somebody that uh, to fill in for that bye week uh, this year. So. But right now, Russell Wilson, I mean, he is going to be the future of uh, Seattle. I'm also thinking about taking a flyer and saying, screw the the quarterback spot, taking a flyer on this Adrian Robinson kid, this tight end out of the Giants. He's a very athletic uh, monster that uh, has converted over to play football, and he played at Cincinnati. Unfortunately, they didn't have to throw a lot to the tight end at Cincinnati, but he, he just plugged himself in, and they found out that they've got themselves a freak on their hands. Now, they did bring in Martellus Bennett to cover their injuries there uh, with Fowler, um, and they, you know, they've they've always done well, and Eli's always thrown to the tight end. So you'd have to think that this kid might just get a shot. He might be that kind of a freak um, that uh, you know you 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 find just explodes out of nowhere. You know, kind of like uh, Gronkowski. You know, we knew he was a good tight end, but we didn't know he was this good. It was going to be that fast. So. Uh, you know, in FFPC format, you've always got to kind of lean towards that tight end position a little bit just because it is a little more viable at one and a half per reception. Oh. Speaking of tight ends, Mike, Antonio Gates is a full participant in the OTAs. He turns 32 next month. If you have a healthy Antonio Gates, obviously Gronk and Jimmy Graham are one and one A depending on the nature would you feel comfortable after the last couple of years we've seen out of the injuries in, in Gates? Would you feel comfortable if he participates throughout the off season with no setbacks? Thirty-two years old, can you take him at number three? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, why not? Why, why can't you? I mean, you got to throw the age out uh, in this situation. You have to throw the age out because the guy is that good. Uh, I mean, is Antonio Gates better than Vernon Davis, uh, Aaron Hernandez, Jermichael Finley, Jason Witten? All right, let, let, let's just play uh, Antonio Gates versus uh, Jason Witten. You know, who's going to do the best there? I mean, who's going to score the most points? What, what, I mean, right now, Antonio Gates, he might be 32, but I still say you got a year or two left out of him. Oh, I'm just chatting with the guys in the in the chat room here. I got Donnie T in the chat room. That's Azuri for all you guys. Nine Route, they're all uh, helping me out. Coyote Streakers is in the chat room. Dave, Alice, a lot of the a lot of the regulars are at the uh, Red versus Blue uh, chat room tonight. And man, what a show Dave Gerzak put on tonight. The high stakes fantasy hour. Um, just uh, Todd Hunter was a guest. I mean, they they just do a lot of fun, cool things there. It's just uh, got a fun kind of a vibe to it. You know, I know those guys are from Wisconsin, and so they they probably got a take on Russell Wilson. They should call us up and let us know about this kid because I'm telling you, I need a backup quarterback, and I thought all this time I was going to take Matt Flynn, and now all of a mm-hmm. sudden I'm hearing all this news about Russell Wilson. It's just kind of freaking me out a little bit. So I don't know. I uh, I, I was I, I was impressed with Flynn, you know, the, the few times we saw him, but we haven't seen enough of that guy, right? I mean, we haven't seen enough. Uh, to say that he's going to just command that offense and take it over. I mean, he had a couple of good games for Green Bay, which is, you know, the best offense in the league. All you have to do is just don't screw it up, you know? Honestly, Scott, is he NFL ready for 17 games? 
16 nope. games. I mean, is, is it really NFL ready for that? Uh, he don't know that. The organization doesn't know that. And so, you know, you, you just don't know until you step step right in there. Now, after three or four weeks, we'll know we'll know better. But uh, right now, I, nobody can tell. And it's a it's a roll of the dice. All right, I'm going to take a look at where Antonio Gates is being drafted as a healthy tight end, Mike. In the Genesis draft that we just got done with, the uh, the first NFF or FFPC draft of the year, excuse me, uh, Antonio Gates went with the 3-5 as the fourth tight end off the board behind Aaron Hernandez. Interesting enough, the next guy, the next guy we're talking about here is Adrian Peterson. Again, um, since he's been in the league, he's been arguably the number one running back, top five running back, uh, of course, since he's been in the league. He ter- he carries the ACL, but apparently, Mike, this guy is on track for the season opener. you got to ask yourself, you know, he's being drafted at 3-4 right now behind a lot of names, um, you know, behind the Sproles and the Trent Richardsons and DeMarco Murrays and Jamal Charles. All these guys get injured and dinged up. You're sitting here with Adrian Peterson at 3-4. That looks like value to me, Mike, especially if this guy – I mean, I know it usually takes a year, but this is a special talent here. So if he's, if he's saying and declaring that he's going to be ready for the preseason, that, that, that stock is going to start skyrocketing and going back into the first round. So you're telling me that uh, guys like Fred Jackson, Michael Turner, Stephen Jackson are drafted ahead? Uh, Adrian Peterson right now. Right. Wow, that, that that's uh, that's that's surprising, but uh, you know, I, I guess it's based on uh, the last couple years, obviously, because uh, AP. I mean, all AP all day. I mean, he hadn't been all day, but uh, he still has capabilities of doing that. Uh, you know, in uh, in Minnesota, but. You know what? What kind of offense does Minnesota have to offer? I mean, is, if they have no uh, if they have no throwing attack, I mean, there's not going to be much left for him to do. So, I don't know. It's it's kind of a tough thing there. You know, when you're drafting the running back, you have to look at the uh, the quarterback, uh, wide receivers. What kind of offensive attack do they have? Is it is it multi talented? So I don't know. Uh, Coyote Streakers, Mike Santos uh, in the chat room, one of the highly accomplished players in the country. He said, knee injuries are scary. Give me the healthy players first. Coaches will be cautious with him. However, I look at this draft board that I just put a link to in the draft, uh, in the chat room here, the draft, uh, the actual color-coded draft grid offered by RT Sports that hosts the uh, FFPC Genesis League. I've got that draft board up there, and you see a lot of names, Mike, uh, and, I'm, and, and I'm speaking of Mr. Santos here. You see a lot of names that are drafted of unhealthy players, unhealthy running backs before Adrian Peterson. I see Jamal Charles. I see DeMarco Murray. I see Darren McFadden. I see Matt Forte. Uh, <laughs> a lot of these guys coming off of significant injuries last year uh, being drafted in the second round ahead of an Adrian Peterson, who we know is a top five player when fully healthy. So, very interesting to see what's going to happen with AD as the draft uh, as September approaches. It's just one of those fascinating things. Somebody is going to get an Adrian Peterson-type player in the third round. I mean, really just intriguing 
to, to understand that uh, and what that what that really means for your championship material squad. I mean, Mike, if you can get an Adrian Peterson in the third round, you can contend for the two hundred thousand if he's Adrian Peterson. Yeah, especially exactly. especially if if you can wait on him a couple of weeks, you know, and let you know maybe you don't have to rely on that pick uh, early on in the season, but. Man, wait till the end of the season. If your team is rolling and you can survive it, or you or you pick up Gerhardt later in the draft, you get your handcuff for the first six weeks of the season or what have you. You put Gerhardt in there until you see what AD does. But when AD is back, it's kind of a reminiscent of a you know a Chris Johnson holdout situation. Or you know we've seen those in the past. Hey, Arian Foster is, is hammy last year. People were scared off, and he's fallen to the you know the sixth pick. Well, this is the third round he's fallen to. Okay, it's not like Foster falling to the sixth. He's falling to the third, so you can have a two hundred thousand dollar player there in the third round. That's just what's got my mind going tonight. Well, I understand, and uh, but you know you throw, you're throwing out a lot of big ifs there uh, with AP. Uh, and like I said just just a minute ago, it's going uh, the big if is uh, if they're coming from behind in every game, which chances are they will be. Uh, you know, what's his value? What's his value? I mean, they're constantly coming from behind against teams in that same division. Detroit's got so much better. Chicago, they're good. Uh, you know, they're going up against teams. Green Bay, I mean, they got to face those teams twice a year, and it's going to be very difficult for Adrian Peterson and that Minnesota offense to make things happen with AP running running the ball. We got Craig Mastro in the building, another accomplished high stakes fantasy veteran, and we have Javier from Terre Haute, Mike, in the chat room talking about the Antonio Gates conversation from earlier. He says Gates could be big with Vincent Jackson gone, not buying on Meacham or Eddie Royal. Again, two other players that the Chargers picked up, Meacham and Royal. I kind of like the Royal pick. I, I kind of see, you know, he was a top ten guy at Denver when he had the chance, so and, and he's still the same guy. So it just depends if, if there's a quarterback, like, I mean, you got Rivers, that can actually get you the ball and get you some space. Uh, Eddie Royal has proven in the past that he could be a top ten wide receiver. I mean, that was the same year he and Deshaun Jackson kind of broke out. And we could see that again, uh, you know, a, a decent uh, – I mean, he's, you know, a, he's a good wide receiver. Yeah, and uh, one thing about it, Scott, I've noticed with the wide, wide receivers in the last two, three years is uh, – there's not there's not a lot of difference between your uh, say your tenth rated wide receiver and your thirtieth rated wide receiver. I mean, basically, what I'm saying with that is that there's a lot of depth. There's a the ball goes around because uh, the, the NFL landscape, uh, the game has changed so much that there's so much that can be uh, given out. So. Uh, yeah, you can have a wide receiver that uh, like a Vincent Jackson, a Brandon Lloyd, uh, guys like that. That you know they're going to get plenty of touches throughout the course of the game. I'm also hearing a lot of this Ryan Matthews love, Mike. I mean, I heard, I looked at a, a story the other day. I was reading uh, Ryan Matthews could be the number one running back this year. I think it was off of KFFL. Um, <clears throat> KFFL was talking that Ryan Matthews could be the number one running back this year, and I think I think this is more just kind of a process of elimination kind of thing, uh, or, or addition by subtraction. You know, you you lose Mike Tolbert, 
you don't really replace him with anything. So automatically, uh, a, you know, a la Ryan Matthews is a top running back. Now, is it possible? Sure. Does he have big break game breaking ability? Absolutely. Will he be an every down back? It looks like it. Okay, not a lot of negatives. The only negative he really has is the injury bug. He's never been able to shed it. He's kind of a soft guy. He was always soft in college. He hasn't proven to be, you know, extremely healthy in the NFL and to be able to take that kind of a pounding. That's a guy that it would scare me to take him in the top six, but I've seen it done. I saw it done in Genesis uh, just recently uh, by Mr. Santos. Mr. Santos took him in number six ahead of household names like Chris Johnson and Maurice Jones-Drew. You know, so – what do you think I've about got, Ryan Matthews as a top six draft pick this year, Mike? Yeah, you know, I, I put Ryan Matthews and Darren McFadden in the same category. Uh, those are, uh, you know, it's ironic because they're in the same conference, uh, but Darren McFadden and Ryan Matthews, they both, you know, they catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, and they can they run hard. Uh, McFadden is a little bit more proven uh, than Matthews, but Matthews, like he said, Scott, uh, has the injury bug. But uh, which one would you rather take, uh, you know, Ron Matthews or Darren McFadden? <laughs> well, unfortunately, that doesn't get any better. Uh, the injury bug is with both those guys. And so, although I hear McFadden looks great, he's another one that I just – it's very hard to touch after you see year after year of the same thing. You know, the body just doesn't hold up. He doesn't take hits. He, he he can't take the bends and the twists that, you know, that an NFL running back has to take when he's tackled and, you know, piled up on. So it, well, it's who, one of those who, things. Who, I'm sorry, I, 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 I didn't mean to interrupt, but who's, who's spiking up McFadden right now? Uh, you know, it's one uh, Taiwan Jones and Mike Goodson. Apparently, I guess Mike Goodson is the backup. You remember this kid from Carolina who was sitting yes, behind the Angel over Stewart? And he had all the tools in the world as a dynasty kind of a guy, and he was a special teams guy and everything like this, but never got a chance. Well, now he's going to have a chance because if he gets uh, – if, if McFadden goes down, you might have Goodson uh, in that Michael Bush role from last year. Yep, that, that might be a good thing to have. Uh, you know, with Bush being gone, uh, you know, you know how that, uh, that how that division is. But, uh, you know, I, I, I still think that Oakland, they're going to they're gonna commit to running uh, just, a, just a little bit, but – they're still going to throw that ball. Man, we've got some good minds in the chat room tonight. I'm telling you, I'm looking at $100,000 worth of wins from the last uh, year or two here right on our screen right now talking in the chat room here, Red versus Blue. Pretty cool. Kenny Britt, Mike, here's a guy that I know, you, I, I, I know you're, you're high on. 271 yards and three scores in two games last year. He already underwent another scope. Uh, but it sounds like this guy's going to be ready, and I'm and I'm seeing this guy drafted. Uh, there is love for him, but not really the type of love that you would expect from uh, a player who, if healthy, could be a number one wide receiver in the league. And you know, I saw him drafted at five three, Mike, behind Marquez Colston, Jordy Nelson, Brandon Marshall, Jeremy Macklin, Des Bryant. If Kenny Britt is healthy, okay, for a set, and again, here we go again with health being the issue. But if Kenny Britt is healthy, where do you see this guy finishing? I, I think he's a lock for top five if he's healthy for the, for the entire year. I'm not so sure, Scott. Uh, the, the only reason I say that is because that offense, uh, 
they're going to re, they're going to rededicate themselves to going through Chris Johnson. Uh, they're not a high-powered offense. They never have and have been, and they never will be. Uh, I, I see that offense rededicating themselves to Chris Johnson, and uh, you know, not throwing the ball that much. Uh, let's face it, Kenny Britt. I mean. And he's going to have one or two games where he might, uh, you know, with matchups, uh, score, you know, a touchdown or two. But that's it. I mean, he might go two touchdowns one game and the next game get uh, two receptions, 20 yards. Uh, but I see that I see that team going a lot of run. I really do. They're, uh, they're having a conversation in the chat room now about Kenny Britt. Quarterback is tough for Britt. Knee's a little scary. Somebody's coming back with quarterback, not a problem. Uh, you've got a lot of uh, different opinions here. I kind of like the Jake Locker move. I think this kid is ready. It's pretty exciting. It's going to be exciting to watch the Tennessee Titans this year uh, with with their with their talent all around the all around the ball. Chris Johnson, Jared Cook, maybe finally living up to expectations and a healthy Kenny Britt. That's good. And then this uh, this kid out of Baylor, this Kendall Wright, uh, wide receiver. You know, it's going to be a fun, uh, a much more enjoyable offense to watch uh, this year on the field if you're a Titans fan. So, not uh, not too bad. What do you think about all this look, Garrett Blunt talk, Mike? Uh, I thought he was dead and over, and here he goes, comes out and says, "Hey, I lost five to ten pounds this off season. What is it? Five pounds or ten pounds, look, Garrett? Which is it?" Uh, Doug Martin was the pick here in the draft for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, everybody is already anointing Doug Martin as the starter. Uh, Mike, is there any, uh, you know, LeGarrette Blunt's problems are obviously receiving and blocking. <laughs> if you can't do those, you're not going to stay on the field. So uh, the question is, is there any value left in this guy at all, or do you see Doug Martin as the uh, as the takeover back here? You know, I think Doug Martin's going to be the takeover back, but uh, if LeGarrette Blunt, plays his uh, cards right, uh, if he does the right thing, uh, he's going to get a ton of touches this year. So I wouldn't give up on LeGarrette Blunt, Not yet. I, I really wouldn't because, uh, you know, those – I mean, rookies are rookies. I mean, they got to learn the system. they got to learn the way. But uh, if, if LeGarrette Blunt if, – if Blunt plays the high road, uh, he can still be a, a huge part of that offense for Tampa. We've got a little bit of a trade talk segment I'd like to start up, Mike. We obviously like to play these dynasty leagues, and uh, there's a couple of trades here I'd like to get the the crew's opinion on. I'd like to get your thoughts on. I've got two trades here to talk about. We're going to start the trade talk segment. The first trade we're going to take a look at is Jacob Tammy in a uh, FFPC format, so he gets one and a half points per reception. On the other side of the ball is a receiver whose touchdowns dramatically decreased last season. Reception stayed about the same, uh, but they did bring in a new wide receiver to be the, uh, the the one for Josh Freeman. That's Mike Williams of Tampa Bay. So on one side of the ball, you have Jacob Tammy. On the other side of the ball, you have Mike Williams. One and a half points per reception for tight ends. We're talking dynasty trade here, Mike. Which side do you prefer and why? Uh, I prefer Tammy. I prefer Tammy uh, with no problem with the uh, the extra half point and uh, the, you know, basically the not 
not sure what's going to happen with Mike Williams in Tampa because, like I already said, I, I really think they'll run the ball a lot. Um, Jacob Tammy, he's at home with Peyton, Peyton Manning. I mean, it's a comfortable five. Uh, it might not work so well the first week or two, but it wouldn't surprise me if they just start clicking week three, four, five, and from there they're on. I love Tammy in that. Mike? I, I tell you what, it's, it's not very often that you and I agree on the Trade Talk segment. Uh, I love me some Jacob Tammy this year. I'm, I'm ecstatic about his potential. Uh, Dynasty-wise, redraft-wise, everything screams to me, you're going to look back and just kick yourself for not taking it because the writing's on the wall. Everything's there in front of you to say, Jacob Tammy. They run uh, Denver runs a lot of two tight end sets. That's their base for formation, and they've already came out and said that uh, the tight ends are going to be their one and two reads in a lot of their play calling this year. And so, I'm looking at where he's being drafted in redraft. Let's take a look at that. In redraft, I uh, I pull up the Genesis League, and again, this is a one and a half point per reception uh, league for tight ends, and I see Jacob Tammy going in the seventh round. Um, after the likes of Jermaine Gresham, Tony Gonzalez, Brent Selleck, Jerry. After, after, he's talking, he's Brent. going after Gresham? Yeah, yeah, after Gresham. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't see that. I see Tammy well, that way really, ahead of Gresham. It was really close. Jules McClain took Jermaine Gresham, so, you know, she's one of the best. She's one of, if not the best female drafter in all the world and one of the best uh, overall, so... You can't falter for Jermaine Gresham. I mean, Andy Dalton's going to be making big strides, you would expect, especially with A.J. Green having another year under his belt, bringing in some more weapons on the other side of the ball. Gresham is one of those players. But I love Tammy. To think that Donnie T got him at his third tight end in the seventh round, uh, it really burned me. I was I was really looking to take him in that seventh round, and uh, I waited too long. I just got too greedy. With uh, At the 5-6 turn, I took the Demarius Thomas-Eric Decker combo. <laughs> and, I, and I guess I should have taken Demarius and Tammy, and that would have made, that would have, you know, helped me out quite a bit because I, I absolutely love what this kid brings, what Peyton Manning brings. Uh, you know, I, I bought into the Peyton Manning hype last year. I said, you know what, he'll be fine. He's never missed a game. He'll be fine. I drafted him uh, in, a, in a league or two, and it burned me. But uh, this year I'd do it all over again. I'd do it all over again to give me some Peyton Manning. And let's see where Peyton Manning was drafted. In the ninth round, okay, he's healthy now. He's throwing the ball now, and he's still being drafted in the ninth round. So, you know, there's just a lot of freedom. I don't think I've ever been so excited to draft uh, and get this thing nailed down to exactly what I want because there's so much to learn before between now and the time the season starts. I have to figure all this out. Yeah. You know what? I tell you, Scott, would you take Peyton Manning or Eli Manning right now? I mean, if you uh, you're in that spot and you need a quarterback, is it going to be Peyton Manning or Eli Manning? Wow. Hey, you know what, Mike? Good for you for bringing up a very conversational topic. I I'm a little biased, obviously. <laughs> oh, no. I'm a little biased, but at the same time, I think Eli has proven himself. Eli has proven himself to be a top elite quarterback. Eli, short for elite. He is uh, the 4,000-yard guy. You can count on him for that 30 
touchdowns for uh, between uh, Hakeem Nix and Victor Cruz. He's got the weapons to throw to. So uh, there, there's no there's no fear with Eli Manning what you're getting anymore. He's already crossed through that threshold. With Manning, you still have the fear that if he takes a bad hit, those trainers and guys, they're going to be all over him, and they're going to be worried to death that he should get back out on the field, and they might hold him out. You never know what's going to happen. It could be drama, drama 101. And, and when I'm going for 200 grand, I don't want that kind of drama. So when push hey, comes to shove, you know, I'll take Jacob Tammy, but not, but not when you when you when you tell me push comes to shove, Eli or, or Peyton, I go Eli. Yeah, you know it, it's a tough call uh, because number one, uh, Eli, he's going to put up uh, pretty solid uh, fantasy stats, and you just don't know with Peyton uh, with the year gone, but. With that said, though, I mean Peyton could. I mean he could really show. I mean he could throw some stats too. So. All right. Oh. Well, since we're in the chat room, we just did the trade talk, Mike. You and I both agree that I would. We both take Tammy the one five point per reception over Mike Williams of Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm going to tell you how this went down. I kind of looked for a for a take. I, I found Jacob Tammy. I found a guy that I would trade him for, which was Mike Williams. And I went and offered. This guy actually had several tight ends. He had Antonio Gates. He had um, Fred Davis. He had another one. Uh, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and, and put my offer out there, Mike Williams for Fred Davis, knowing that I'm not going to get Fred Davis, okay, knowing that I'm not going to score him. I go ahead and put it out there, and I say, hey, I'd like to get Fred my hands on uh, a tight end. I really need some help here. I'd love to get, uh, I think, Fred Davis, Mike Williams. Does this make sense for you? Open open for discussion. He comes back and he says, hey, I can't let go of Fred Davis, but I can let go of Jacob Tammy. Um, oh. and, he, oh. and he puts it out there straight up to me. Oh, I'm like, no. I'm like, this worked like an absolute charm. Now at this oh. point, I'm in the driver's seat, okay? As a dynasty strategist, I'm in the driver's seat now, so I can even ask for a little bit more. So I start to look at the picks, and I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of like that. Um, how about I, I, I'll give you the fifth pick, or give me your fifth pick, and I'll throw in my seventh, because there is still value in Mike Williams. When, it, when you really think about it, even though I want Jacob Tammy, there's still value in Mike Williams, because just last year he was being traded for the 1-3 rookie pick. Okay, I mean, it was that kind of a year for Mike Williams the year prior, and the hype on him was tremendous. So a bad year doesn't make a wide receiver. He can still come back. Uh, and he's still awfully young. I mean, he's only been in the league for two years. So a little extra value doesn't hurt. So I came back, give me your fifth-round pick, I'll give you my seventh, knowing that he'll come back and offer and, and go for my sixth. And that's exactly what he did. He came back fifth for sixth. I said deal. So that's how you just squeeze out just a little bit more value, a little bit something extra in a draft. Dra- it worked absolutely textbook, and I was I was thrilled to death because I really wanted Tammy uh, this year and for many years to come, uh, that he'll that he'll play with Peyton Manning. I'm, I'm really excited. All right, Mike. Trade talk number two. We've got two and only two. This is this is number two. All right. I'm going to give you a wide receiver and a running back that have strikingly similar statistics. Strikingly similar statistics, Mike. In the okay. receptions game. And in the run game. I mean, it's uncanny how similar both these guys are. One of them is a running back. The other is a wide receiver. And I want to know which one you'd prefer. This wide receiver had 87 receptions for 967 yards and six touchdowns. 
He also had 51 carries for 342 yards and two touchdowns. Wow. The running back had 87 carries for 603 yards and two touchdowns. And he had 86 receptions for 710 yards and seven touchdowns. It's amazing that these two guys, uh, one's a running back, one's a wide receiver, had almost the exact same statistics. Do you know who I'm talking about? Lay it on me, Scott. Who are they? Uh, ding, ding, ding. Mike Santos hits it. Aaron Sproles and Percy Harvin, Mike. What a tremendous trade this is to think wow. about right here. In a dynasty league, Darren Sproles or Percy Harvin? Um, wow. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. In a dynasty league, correct, Scott? Yeah. I go Percy Harvin. I go Percy Harvin. The only reason I say that is because uh, wide receivers, the longevity, uh, they'll get you there. Darren Sproles, uh, he's electrifying. I mean, he's a wonderful uh, bat. But uh, I'm just uncertain about that situation and uh, and that situation to move forward. Uh, Percy Harvin, I, I don't think you can go wrong with him. Percy Harvin's my that, that's my play. Well, Mike, I'm glad you said that. Um, in a dynasty in a dynasty perspective, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's the right move to take the wide receiver in this instance. I also believe that with the five year edge, it makes it a really a no brainer. Uh, if you're hurt at running back, it's very hard to turn down trades like these because you want to fill in that spot. You want to have that reliable RB1, RB2 spot just filled in, and you don't have to worry about it. And I honestly believe with the way the NFL is going right now, we haven't seen the last of Darren Sproles. It's going to be the same as last year. Breeze is going to use him. He's going to dump off to him. They're going to scream for that guy, and he's going to take it to the house. I mean, that's that's what right. the NFL has become, these types of – these Jacquez Rogers, these Kendall Hunter, LaMichael James type uh, players. I, I really see these guys as being the next wave of running back future, you know, the job at best types. Uh, they're not real bangers for 300 carries or anything like that, but, man, they can get you 85 receptions and seven or eight touchdowns, and you'll take that all day long. So, uh, dynasty perspective, absolutely. Darren Sproles is 29 years old. Percy Harvin's 24. You've got to go with the younger player there. Uh, but in a redraft, it would be pretty. It would be pretty tough if I got that trade offer in a redraft in a local league. It'd be very in hard a, to in, in a redraft spot. I'm taking yeah. Sproles right now. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with you because you know you do have the migraines issue there with Harvin. It's always in the back of your mind. So, um, just just something uh, just something to think about. Okay, that's that, that's, that's done. Cool. With, uh, that's done with trade talk. Let's get back to the news. Brandon Marshall will not face suspension now that, obviously, the, the charges have not been pressed uh, on Brandon Marshall for his off-the-field behavior. So, Mike, that that's definitely good news for Chicago Bear fans, uh, for Jay Cutler owners, Brandon Marshall owners. No suspension in store for Brandon Marshall. Now he can just sit there and focus on, you know, the man love that he has for Jay Cutler. This guy, uh, he, he, can, he can focus on getting in trouble again. Let's face it. He, he's going to focus on getting in trouble again. That's just the way he does. I'm sorry. Well, I don't. I don't disagree with you, uh, Mike. We have. Um, we're, we're now in. I've got in my show notes here that uh, we wanted to take a look and a sneak peek for all the guys that play Dynasty. We wanted to give them a sneak peek into the 1250 Dynasty League 
rookie draft that just went on. I think it's real important to take a look at these drafts to, to get a feel for what some of these big guys are doing, some of these big spenders. What do they do when they get their hands on these draft picks? Do they botch it up? Do you agree with them? Uh, or are you looking for the mystery and you're trying to understand the pick a little bit and maybe it makes you – it causes you to investigate a little closer than you normally would have. So I want to start the uh, the first round here, Mike. Can you tell me what you think? We're looking at the 1250 Dynasty hosted by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, Dave Gerzak. Alice Kaganowski, the guys over there, um, Chris Lambert, she does a wonderful job with the FFPC. Right. They have the 1250 Dynasty draft. Here we go. Four Taylor takes Trent Richardson number one. I think that's a that's a, a no-brainer these days. Uh, Trent Richardson at number one. Corn Fins, Jeff Tirabasi, another excellent player, takes Doug Martin number two. The guy you were just talking about, Mike, Doug Martin, the number two rookie draft pick in the league. Now, I want to say, before we get to these next few picks, I want to say this. The FFPC Dynasty format is tricky. It isn't your conventional stash and dash kind of uh, Dynasty League where you have 24, 26, 30-man rosters. Some people appreciate that about Dynasty Leagues, where you can really gather up and scoop up on a whole lot of talent and just stash it away and keep wheeling and dealing those 24, 25, 26, 30 picks on your squad. But when you're putting up this kind of money – the reason why this makes sense, they, they, they cut their rosters down to 14 uh, before the rookie draft starts, and it's very tough to do that. Uh, 14 skill position guys. You have to take your kids. You have to keep a kicker in a defense, so it's actually 16. But I always think of it as 14 skill position guys, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Very difficult to do in a dynasty format because you're hardwired to stash guys away and wait on them and let them grow and develop. But for you to do that, you have to have real – strong players at your other positions to be able to hang on because you're sacrificing. Some of these guys aren't quite ready to be put into your lineup in a $1,250 lead. Right. You know, it's very hard to hang on to a Kendall Hunter when he's not starting yet. Gore's still there. And, you know, this is before the rookie draft ever starts. But, it, it, you know, that's one of your 14 spots. <laughs> it's just very hard to hang on to guys like that. So, Who went third? I, I preface that it, because it's very difficult to keep these stash guys. Number three in the FFPC format was Kobe Fleener. Wow. Tight end. Number three, Kobe Fleener, the, the, the new uh, favorite target or old favorite target for Andrew Luck uh, since they played together uh, in college. You've got, uh, you've got his favorite target. The number three pick in the rookie draft was Kobe Fleener, one and a half point per reception. Number four, Mike. Brian Quick of St. Louis. Yeah, okay. I'll guarantee you uh, when you hear that the number four pick in one of the biggest dynasty leagues in all the land that's ever drafted, $1,250 dynasty league, every owner is putting up $1,250 to play in this game, it will cause you to take a second look at Brian Quick. Just why did Michael Bronte from the Big F and Dynasty show take Brian Quick at number four? And I have to tell you, I don't know. I'm in the league with him, and I still don't know why he took him at four, other than to prove a point that, you know what, I take the guy that I like, and I'm going to show you guys that Brian Quick's going to be an all-star. Okay, I get all that, but Brian Quick is not on everybody else's radar like that. Now, I understand if you really have to have him and you're afraid to death that somebody else feels the same way you do. Okay, I get that, but at the same time, my gut tells me that Brian Quick's going to last till the end of the first round. 
And you know what, why not? Why not trade down? Why not get some other value elsewhere, or at least try to trade? I didn't get any. You know, I just try to trade down a little bit. You've got picks there at ten, eleven that you could use on quick anyway. You know what? That's pretty early, Scott, and uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see what five, six, seven, and eight have to offer because if if they don't have that much more to offer, I, I guarantee you they'll have a lot more to offer than quick. But uh, you know, he had an opportunity. Right there at that spot, at the number four spot, to trade down, like you said, and uh, get some value for it. But uh, I'm anxious to see what five, six, seven, and eight have. Wow, there's some there's some betting, there's some gambling going on in the chat room here at, at Red versus Blue. I gotta say that I don't condone this. This is not official. This is not affiliated with Red versus Blue in any way, shape, or form. But there is some high stakes gambling going on uh, in Red versus Blue. It looks like it's on Mark Ingram and the amount of carries that he'll have this year. Uh, Mike Santos took the under. I'm not going to talk about the actual wager on the air. Mike Santos took the under of 217. Lance took the over. What do you like there, Mike? Wow. To be honest with you, I like the under. It's a passing game now. I like the under. It's a passing game. The NFL is a passing game these days. Wow. Uh, Ingram was was always, you know, built to be the workhorse, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Let's keep looking at this dynasty draft. I just ran through the top four and a very surprising top four because usually we'll see the quarterbacks go. The Andrew Lux and Robert Griffin of the world did not go at three and four. Again, this is the 1250 dynasty league. You have a roster cut down to 14. So how did these pros, how did these veterans decide their first round? The five pick, Mike? Your newly anointed Jacksonville wide receiver from Oklahoma State, Justin Blackman, at five. Apparently, he is really coming along nicely and impressing everybody there uh, in Jacksonville. So, very, very good pick there. Very good pick. Honestly, uh, Blackman, he was uh, the last time I checked. I mean, he was top three. So, yeah, they got him at fifth. (laughs) That's, That's a steal. Yeah, Kurt uh, Kikas was loving life, I'm sure, uh, laying in Justin Blackman at five. At six, David Wilson, the rookie from Virginia Tech, the newly uh, crowned New York Giant uh, heir apparent to Ahmad Bradshaw, whenever that will be. Number six goes to David Wilson. Number seven, we still have not heard the names, Andrew Luck or Robert Griffin. Number seven, Mike Michael Floyd of Arizona is, chimes in at the seven pick. Again, it's fascinating to me to see Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin fall in this format. It, it really is, Scott. And uh, apparently, uh, they're just thinking, well, you know, we can get uh, we can get quarterbacks whenever we can get them. Uh, it's you know, it's it's funny. It's like when is somebody going to pull the trigger and make that run? And when that run happens, I guarantee you there's going to be one quarterback after another. I think this is just a testament to the incredible depth we have at the position of quarterback right now. I mean, in Dynasty, if you're sitting on Tom Brady, uh, it would be nice to go ahead and set yourself up to have that next quarterback of the future. Uh, Drew Brees, you know, you've got Drew Brees. Do you really need a backup quarterback other than a bye week guy? You really don't need to invest your pick in a quarterback of the future, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford. Um, you know, you go on and on. Matt Ryan, Tony Romo. You you know, I, on the other hand, I have 
Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin like right under those couple of big names, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Matt Stafford. I've got them like four and five. I, I'm just really fascinated by both these guys, uh, and so I would take a flyer on them, and I'd probably try to deal my other one. Okay, well, let, let, let me ask you a question, Scott. If you're going to build your your team, uh, how would you – say you got the uh, fifth pick. You know, you, you've seen Trent Richardson, uh, Martin, Planer go off the board. Uh, how would you build your team? Would you build it around running back or quarterback? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Mike, I just uh, I just went through that, and we'll save that for next next week's show. I just had that startup dynasty draft. I had the sixth pick, and I took Jimmy Graham. Okay, I I you you asked me if I built it around the running back or the wide receiver, the quarterback. I built it around the tight end. You know, he's a young guy. He's a powerful uh, heart and soul centerpiece of that offense, and I, I just don't have any worries about him. And I felt like I'd be I'd have an edge at that position for years to come. And I can take flyers at running back. You know, they don't last that long anyway. I'll take my I'll load up on my wide receivers early and grab my tight end. And my plan was to um, take Andrew Luck and uh, back him up with a real veteran uh, to get me through that first year. So and that's kind of what I did. But we'll, we'll break that whole draft, and I'll send you the draft board. You can analyze it, and we'll do, a, we'll do a show on it. Cool. But the 1-8 pick is a free agent. It's actually not a rookie. It's Isaac Redmond, uh, running back for Pittsburgh. Rashard Mendenhall, probably not going to be ready for the, the season opener. Probably not going to play that much in the first half of the season. So, Isaac Redman, you know, makes some sense there. Again, Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin still on the board. In the 1250 dynasty, what's the biggest dynasty in all the land, they're still on the board in the rookie draft. Number nine, got to be Andrew Luck or Robert Griffin, right? Alshon Jeffrey for the Chicago Bears. Alshon Jeffrey. They again pass wow. on the court. So nobody's taking the quarterback through round through through the through the ninth pick. Nobody's taking Luck or Griffin. Here's something to think about: the money wow. kind of messes with your head. You know, the money messes with your head. You put up twelve hundred fifty dollars. You don't want to really throw it away. You don't want to just like toss it out to the side and say, "You know what? I'm re- I'm building for the future." That's something that it's hard on your head when you put that much money. You want to make sure every pick helps my team right now this year. Give me a shot to be better and take this nine grand home. Top prize is nine grand, Mike. I mean, it's a lot of money. So yeah, exactly. I understand what's going on there a little bit, but man, I would still try to bite the bullet and take Andrew Luck. Finally, Invictus, who had passed on Andrew Luck at four when he took Brian Quick, he actually goes ahead and gets Andrew Luck at ten, and it kind of falls into his lap. And then at eleven, he takes Ronnie Hillman for Denver. Beautiful, beautiful, very Excellent. intriguing player. I might add. Wow, Ronnie Hillman. I, I like Ronnie Hillman a lot. Uh, you know, I mean that team, Denver has a lot of things that they're, you know, they're they're going to do some stuff. But uh, wow, for him to get those three picks, uh, quick, Luck and Hillman. Is that correct, and, Scott? And and Fleener. Yeah, he got Fleener at three. Quick at four, Luck at ten, Ronnie Hillman at eleven. The twelve pick. Okay, here's the funny thing. This is Cavalier King Charles. This is a, this is Norman Cruz, aka CKC. He's a big time dynasty player. Plays in a lot of leagues. Very good at what he does. I always enjoy watching his drafts. He has the twelve pick. The middle, the middle, the 
the measly little pinly old 12 pick he has, and he scores Robert Griffin the third with the 12 pick. He has to be laughing and just so he can't believe what just happened. He can't believe it. He actually, well, I think he traded you know I mean, he's, he's laughing right now, but, uh, you know, that situation uh, with Dan Snyder, whew, it's like uh, it's like dealing with uh, Jerry Jones. I mean, what's going to happen? But if Robert Griffin, if he shows up the way he has in the combines and everything else, Robert Griffin is going to be just fine. All right. So anyway, that's the uh, that's the twelve fifty dynasty. If you have any other questions, or you'd like to see the rest of that draft, shoot me an email at redblueradio at gmail dot com. You can hit us up at Twitter at redblueradio. I'd be happy to send that uh, link to that private draft uh, to you. Now we did the FFPC Genesis draft last week, Mike, and that was tons of fun. We're again going to be doing an FPC Red versus Blue draft. The Football Guys Players Championship. We'll again do one of those drafts, and we'll. We'll commentate it on the air. We'll try to get David Dodds on for that show like we have in the past. And hopefully, Mike, we'll do the Baby BP again, the the Big Payback League, the Baby ba- uh, Big Payback. Try to say that five times fast. That's a $500 entry fee where the winner wins a seat at the Big Payback, which is a $5,000 entry fee. Yeah, I mean, those things, I mean, we live for that. Uh, red versus blue, we, we love that, and uh, that would be a lot of fun to do. Now, Mike, uh, I, I do want to say uh, that we also uh, we've been talking about a lot of FFPC last week and, and, and this week have been enjoying it as well. I do want to get uh, everybody caught up real quick on the National Fantasy Football Championship. NFFC is now one PPR for all positions, no longer point five for running backs. That was always the little twist there. Now they are now one point per reception for all positions, including running backs. Um, we will be hosting a Last year we did a $60 draft master. This year we're going to do a $150 draft champion league live on the air for the NFFC, 14-teamer, 30 rounds. You have the 3RR, the third-round reversal, and you have no free agent moves until after draft day. First place is 950 per league, 300 per second, 153rd. And, Mike, an overall prize pool among all players in the format with first place being $10,000. Now, not not sure how that's going to work out or if that – you know, uh, usually when you pay $150 for a league, especially with 450, you'd like to get, you know, two grand or you know, 1500 or something. You only get 950 for this league, and they're taking a lot of that money and putting it back into the 10K. I'm not real sure. I haven't done a lot of the analysis on it, but I will, and I'll let all the players know what I think about it before we uh, before we draft. But it sounds like we are going to be conducting one of those drafts, whether we participate or not. Different story, but we are going to be commentating on that draft. Uh, Mike, that's it, man. That's all we've got. We, I, I did. I wanted to get to the fantasy football fest that's going on in Atlantic City in August 18th and 19th. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. They're expecting 50,000 people there, or 25,000. I don't know. A lot of people are supposed to be there. I, I don't know, but uh, something to talk about next week. We'll get everybody caught up on. And then, Mike, give us your previous prediction. You have no time left. Give it to us before we go. I, I just can't. I just can't do it. I, I have nobody uh, in mind. It's not. I tell you, my Preakness prediction is it won't be Bodie Meiser and it won't be. I'll have another. It's going to be a long shot. Uh, with a name like I'll have another, I have to take him in the Preakness. You got to have another win for this guy. I'll have yep. another, followed by Bodie Meister. And somebody's yep. coming in the stretch, Mike. I don't know. We'll see you next week.
You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.